Welcome to Quanta Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. When Nathan Klein started graduate school two years ago, his advisors proposed a modest plan to work together on one of the most famous long-standing problems in theoretical computer science, the traveling salesperson problem. Even if they didn't manage to solve the traveling salesperson problem, they figured Klein would learn a lot in the process. He went along with the idea. I think probably I didn't know to be intimidated as much because, you know, just like a first year grad student, don't know what's going on. So they're like, okay, here's this problem. I'm like, okay, I'll think about it. Now, in a paper posted online in July, Klein and his advisors at the University of Washington, Anna Carlin and Shayan Oves-Baran, have finally achieved a goal computer scientists have pursued for nearly half a century. They found a better way to find approximate solutions to the traveling salesperson problem. This optimization problem seeks the shortest or least expensive round trip through a collection of cities. It has applications ranging from DNA sequencing to ride-sharing logistics. Over the decades, it's inspired many of the most fundamental advances in computer science, helping to illuminate the power of techniques such as linear programming. But researchers have yet to fully explore its possibilities, and not because they didn't try. The traveling salesperson problem isn't a problem, it's an addiction, as Christos Papadimitro, a leading expert in computational complexity, is fond of saying. Most computer scientists believe that there's no algorithm that can efficiently find the best solutions for all possible combinations of cities. But in 1976, Nikos Christofides came up with an algorithm that efficiently finds approximate solutions. His algorithm could find round trips that are at most 50% longer than the best round trip. At the time, computer scientists expected that someone would soon improve on Christofidi's simple algorithm and come closer to the true solution. But progress never arrived. Here's Amin Sabiri of Stanford University. A lot of people, you know, spent countless hours trying to improve the result. It was puzzling why we can't break beyond the result that was known years ago. Now Carlin, Klein, and Ove Sparan have proved that an algorithm devised a decade ago beats Christofidi's 50% factor, though they were only able to subtract two-tenths of a billionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a percent. Minuscule, right? Still, this tiny improvement breaks through both a theoretical logjam and a psychological one. Researchers hope that it will open the floodgates to further improvements. Among them, David Williamson of Cornell University. This is a result I have wanted all my career. So the fact that they were able to get it is great. I'm very, very impressed. I've been working on the traveling salesman problem since I was an undergraduate in the late 80s. Since the 1976 result, people have been looking to see whether they could get this improved result for the traveling salesman problem. Lots of us have put in lots of time on it, and I would have loved to have done it myself, but it's a big achievement that they were able to do it, and 
I think now that the result is out there, I think we'll start seeing a stream of improvements. The traveling salesperson problem is one of a handful of foundational problems that theoretical computer scientists turn to again and again to test the limits of efficient computation. Here's Williamson again. What theoretical computer scientists are doing, we're exploring the boundaries of what's efficiently computable. And for a long time, that limit for the traveling salesman problem has been exactly this Christofitis algorithm. But we didn't know how to do better. And this is the first step towards showing that the frontiers of efficient computation are, in fact, better than what we thought. While there's probably no efficient method that always finds the shortest trip, it's possible to find something almost as good, the shortest tree connecting all the cities. That means a network of connections called edges with no closed loops. Christofidi's algorithm uses this tree as the backbone for a round-trip tour, adding extra edges to convert it into a round-trip. Any round-trip route must have an even number of edges into each city, since every arrival is followed by a departure. It turns out that the reverse is also true. If every city in a network has an even number of connections, then the edges of the network must trace a round trip. The shortest tree connecting all the cities lacks this evenness property, since any city at the end of a branch has just one connection to another city. Here's Williamson again. Think about breaking the spanning tree into two parts. You're hoping that it's not too often that you need an edge to go from one part to the other. So to turn the shortest tree into a round trip, Christofides, who died in 2019, found the best way to connect pairs of cities that have odd numbers of edges. Then he proved that the resulting round trip will never be more than 50% longer than the best possible round trip. In doing so, he devised perhaps the most famous approximation algorithm in theoretical computer science, which is in pretty much every textbook, says Amin Sabiri. When you teach approximation algorithms, probably this is the very first algorithm that you teach, Christofides for the TSP. If it's not the very first one, you will cover it in the first two weeks. Alantha Newman is with the Grenoble Alpa University and the National Center for Scientific Research in France. Since the 1970s, Christofides algorithm, there was only the simple algorithm. So then everybody knows the simple algorithm, and then you know the state of the art, so then people think about it. This is also just a very natural problem. Computer scientists have long suspected that there should be an approximation algorithm that outperforms Christofides' algorithm. After all, his simple and intuitive algorithm isn't always such an effective way to design a traveling salesperson route, since the shortest tree connecting the cities may not be the best backbone you could choose. For instance, if this tree has many branches, each city at the end of a branch will need to be matched with another city, potentially forming lots of expensive new connections. In 2010, Ove Spadon, Sabiri, and Mohit Singh of the Georgia Institute of Technology started wondering if it might be possible to improve on Christofides' algorithm. They looked into choosing not the shortest tree connecting all the cities, but a random tree from a carefully chosen collection. They took inspiration from an alternate version of the traveling salesperson problem in which you're allowed to travel along a combination of paths. Maybe you get to Denver via three-fourths of the route from Chicago to Denver plus one-fourth of the route from Los Angeles to Denver. 
Unlike the regular traveling salesperson problem, this fractional problem can be solved efficiently. And while fractional roots don't make physical sense, computer scientists have long believed that the best fractional root should be a rough guide to the contours of good ordinary roots. David Williamson of Cornell explains. The problem is that it was really tricky to analyze exactly the properties that you would need from a random spanning tree in order to prove that it would give you some improvement over the original. And that's what they've done in this paper. Sort of pin down exactly what you need to be able to generate an improvement beyond starting with just one particular minimum cost spanner. What do these random spanning trees give you? To create their algorithm, Ove Spadon, Sabiri, and Singh defined a random process that picks a tree connecting all the cities so that the probability that a given edge is in the tree equals that edge's fraction in the best fractional root. There are many such random processes, so the researchers chose one that tends to produce trees with many evenly connected cities. After this random process spits out a specific tree, their algorithm plugs it into Christofidi's method for matching cities with odd numbers of edges to convert it into a round trip. This method seemed promising, not just to the three researchers, but to other computer scientists. Olas Venson of the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, Lausanne, explains. So the intuition is simple, then to prove it turns out to be a different beast. The following year, though, Ove Sparan, Sabiri, and Singh managed to prove that their algorithm beats Christofidi's algorithm for graphical traveling salesperson problems. Those are the ones where the distances between cities are represented by a network in which every edge has the same length. They don't necessarily include all connections, but the researchers couldn't figure out how to extend their result to the general traveling salesperson problem, in which some edges may be a lot longer than others. Here's Anna Carlin, one of Klein's advisors at the University of Washington. They didn't really have at that point, an approach that would work for handling the case where the costs are wildly different. Because when the costs are wildly different, we kind of have to say that we sort of don't pay too much for any edge in the tree. Like if we have to add a super expensive edge to the matching, then we're screwed basically. So you have to somehow be able to not just talk about most edges, things being nice for most edges, you have to be able to say something about every edge, more or less, because of the wild variation in the costs. Nevertheless, Ove Sparan emerged from that collaboration with an unmistakable belief that their algorithm should beat Christofidi's algorithm for the general traveling salesperson problem. So this one, I was quite sure that we should be able to do it. Kind of had even some sketch of what a proof could go, but the whole game was to find the simplest possible proof for this sort of toy problem or uh, this half integral toy problem. That's basically the way we usually do research. You find a nice toy problem, you try to find the simplest possible proof, and then you say, okay, now let's try to dig in the hard case, the actual general version, if you have a nice solution for the toy problem, hopefully with some small modifications, you can turn it into a solution to the actual problem at hand. So that was sort of the way we were hoping. I mean, to be honest, since 2010, I was expecting this algorithm to work. Even we conjectured in that paper that the algorithm could work, but we didn't know how to prove it. 
I never had a doubt about it <laughs> to work. The whole question was, how can you prove that it works? Oves Baran kept turning the problem over in his mind over the years. He suspected that a mathematical discipline called the geometry of polynomials, little known in the theoretical computer science world, might have the tools he needed. Then Carlin came to him two years ago, suggesting that they co-advise a brilliant new graduate student named Nathan Klein, who had double majored in math and cello. Oves Baran says he didn't know Klein very well at the time. But my colleague, Anna Carlin, she was super excited working with him. So I said, okay, let's give it a try. I have this interesting problem. I know everything about it, but we need a lot of work. It was clear that from the beginning that it's a long journey. Carlin thought, if nothing else, it would be great to be able to work with Ove Speran, who had a lot of tools related to the geometry of polynomials. Of course, the problem is incredibly compelling and, you know, it's fun to work on such an exciting open problem. I just thought it would be fun to learn about that. I really did not think we would <laughs> be able to solve this problem. She and Oves Baran had no hesitation about throwing Klein into the deep end of computer science research. Oves Baran had himself cut his teeth on the traveling salesperson problem as a graduate student back in 2010. I started my PhD with attacking a very hard problem. So I tried to follow the same path. The reason I always think about it is that if you want to be successful PhD student in theory, you have to work on a, like, attack a hard problem and prove something about it. And usually the first few years are the best time to do that. That's when PhD students aren't under pressure to get results and graduate. Klein and his advisors dived into an intense collaboration. It felt great. I felt like we pushed back like a little bit on something that was unknown and understood a little bit more. You know, it was the only problem that I was working on for like two years. So it was just like all I was thinking about for two years. They spent the first year solving a simplified version of the problem to get a sense of the challenges they were facing. Once we started working on the general case, there were some big hurdles that it really wasn't clear if we were going to be able to solve it at all. And sort of my feeling at that point was, we'll try for like a year and see if we get anywhere. And I don't know, I kind of felt like at that point it was a moonshot. Still, they'd gotten a feel for their tools, in particular, the geometry of polynomials. A polynomial is a combination of terms made out of numbers and variables raised to powers. To study the traveling salesperson problem, the researchers distilled a map of cities down to a polynomial that had one variable for each edge between cities and one term for each tree that could connect all the cities. Numerical factors then weighted these terms to reflect each edge's value in the fractional solution to the traveling salesperson problem. They found this polynomial has a coveted property called real stability. This means the complex numbers that make the polynomial evaluate to zero never lie in the upper half of the complex plane. The nice thing about real stability is that it stays in force even when you make a bunch of changes to your polynomial. So if the researchers wanted to focus on particular cities, they could use a single variable to represent all the different edges leading into a city, and they could set the variables for edges they didn't care about equal to one. 
As they manipulated these simplified polynomials, the results of their manipulations still had real stability, opening the door to a wide assortment of techniques. This approach enabled the researchers to get a handle on questions, like how often the algorithm would be forced to connect two distant cities. In a nearly 80-page analysis, they managed to show that the algorithm beats out Christofidi's algorithm for the general traveling salesperson problem. Carlin was impressed with Klein's work. That's a pretty amazing result for a second-year PhD student. And once the paper was completed, Ove Speran dashed off an email to Sabiri, his old doctoral advisor, joking that he could finally graduate now that he'd solved the problem. While the improvement the researchers established is super small, computer scientists hope this breakthrough will inspire faster progress. That's what happened back in 2011 when Ove Speran, Sabiri, and Singh figured out the graphical case. Within a year, other researchers had come up with radically different algorithms that greatly improved the approximation factor for the graphical case, which has now been lowered to 40% instead of Christofidi's 50%. Ola Svensson says that 2011 result about the graphical case was motivating. When they announced the results, it made us confident that it's possible, right, and made us work harder. So definitely that we knew that they had proved it motivated us and, and so on. I can tell you that I tried to solve this problem for many, many years with my techniques. So far, I've failed. I would try again, and now I know it's possible. Over the decades, the traveling salesperson problem has launched many new methods into prominence. Ove Spran hopes that it will now play a role for the geometry of polynomials, for which he has become an eager evangelist. In the decade or so since he started learning about this approach, it's helped him prove a wide range of theorems. The main thing I always like is learning new stuff and being able to you know, advance our knowledge about this, say, random spanning trees and so on. And that, I think, was a more fruitful consequence of this project. I get exposed to this amazing field of geometry of polynomials that sort of shaped my whole career. Alantha Newman says the new traveling salesperson result highlights the power of this approach. They seem to have developed a lot of intuition and deep understanding of this area and applied it to different things. And Definitely, it's an inspiration to look at it more closely. Klein will now have to figure a new problem to obsess over. It's a bit sad to lose the problem because it's just like built up so many structures in my head and now they're all kind of gone. But Nathan Klein couldn't have asked for a more satisfying introduction to computer science research. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Erica Klarike's full article, Computer Scientists Break Traveling Salesperson Record, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore more math mysteries in the quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. <laughs>